1: Along the way, we thought this was just mentoring young people, but we really realized that what we're doing is we partner with parents uh, to really restore and bring joy in the home again,
0: to help young people bring honor into the home. From being bullied, part of a gang, and suffering from mental health issues, to now a youth speaker and mentor. Our guest today is Eric Agerman. along with his wife, run a ministry called The Royal Hood. We'll hear more of how he is using his story to help teens develop a stronger sense of godly identity and confidence about themselves and their future. That's Eric Agerman, our guest today, with myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family Australia. Well, welcome back to our program.
1: Thank you for having me, Brett. It's an honor to be back.
0: Yeah, well, we had, last time we had your wife with us and we were talking about the royalhood, which we're gonna be talking about a little bit more later on. But uh, for those who didn't get to hear that, Tell us a little bit about the Eric story.
1: Yeah, so born in Ghana, uh, in the late 80s. So shout out to all the 80s babies out there. Uh, moved over to New Zealand in the early 90s. And it was almost like coming to, you know, the, the movie Cool Run-Ins when they get to Canada from Jamaica <laughs> yeah. and they're really cold. So went from the tropics of Ghana to the cold of Dunedin. <laughs> and so that was, uh, that was an incredible experience, even though I couldn't speak English or understand the English language. Um, over time, I would obviously learn the English language. Uh, so hopefully everyone that I'm communicating to today can understand what i'm saying Um, and then from there we came to melbourne australia and that's where i guess really i um had a lot of uh, identity crisis, being the only African in my year level yeah. um, in primary school, uh, being racially bullied as well. So that really set me on, a, I guess, a downward spiral where I would end up uh, joining a gang uh, purely because I wanted to avoid being bullied. Yeah. Part of something that's bigger than you. Bigger than me that looked tough as well, you know. And so here I was now, um, you know, smoking and doing all these other things that, uh, that weren't good, weren't positive. Mm-hmm. And so one thing led to another. And I ended up with four suspensions at, at Ringwood Secondary College. And, uh, and my dad did the best thing possible. He sent me back to Ghana. Um, mm, right. for what was meant to be three weeks, uh, I was okay with that. Uh, but it turned out to be seven years. Oh, um, and that was really the life changing, you know, transition and time for me mm-hmm. where I gave my life to God, uh, where I had my struggles with mental health challenges, but also where I overcame. Mm. And became resilient And so, yeah, then came back 2007 to Melbourne, Australia And uh, basically since then have had the opportunity to really use my story To help and encourage other yeah. young
0: people as well And just a little bit before we get into how you use your story You're married and you've got two little ones
1: Yes, so met my wife at Bible College, aka Bridal College Harvest Back in uh, 2010, so married now with two boys We've got Kingston, uh, who just turned five And then we've got uh, Marcellus as well who is two and a half years old. Great.
0: And you mentioned there that your story, and we we hear it often, you know, nothing is ever wasted. Yeah. All things can work together for our good. Yeah. For those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. Bullied, gang. Yeah. Rebellious, Mm. suspension in school. There's there's a lot of things that you're going, this is not going to end well. Yeah. And then you had an encounter with God. Yeah gave your life to Him, Mm. and now you've found your life's purpose.
1: Absolutely. And that is the story of what God can do in anyone's life. And that's the most exciting part, that no matter how far down a pit we may feel or may be in, you know, God's hand will always reach out. You know, once we surrender, his hand will always reach out. And you look at Paul in the New Testament, he wrote more books than New Testament than anyone else. And Paul used to be Saul and he used to do the opposite of what he was doing for the kingdom. And in the moment when the light shined, you know, he was able to um, now, you know, has a legacy. And we talk about him and, you know, not just the beginning of his life,
0: the bad part, but we talk about the transformation and how he was able to to help others. And he seemed to do a lot of writing when he was in prison. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so, Yes, nothing is ever wasted. Yeah. So we're talking about life's purpose mm-hmm. and so you and Sandy your wife have started the Royalhood. So tell us about what the Royalhood is. Yeah, so I was
1: at a prayer camp in Ghana and uh, we were taught how to memorize scripture and one of the scriptures that I stumbled upon uh, was First Peter 2 verse 9, you are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. Now, that sounds encouraging to anyone, but for me, uh, having to process the emotions of the hurt and pain from being racially bullied, being told that I would never amount to anything, being told that people of my color don't achieve things, to read those words, chosen and royal was massive, yeah. and so that became one of my, I guess, my life verses. Yeah. And so, fast forward from 2005 to you know 2015, uh, 16. Sorry, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife one day about, hey, I'd love to be able to help young boys, you know, in a way that really takes them on a journey from you know, just being boys to be godly men. Yeah. And so, I shared that scripture with her, and she was like. The Royal Hood, <laughs> and so the Royal Hood is a opportunity for boys to really discover their crown, which is their yeah. identity, their confidence, and their
0: uh, resilience as well. Well, speaking about identity, mm. at Folks on the Family, we often get people contacting us and saying, "I'm I'm lost. I don't know where I fit in." And, yeah, and identity is a very key aspect. So, mm-hmm. what are you seeing, particularly in young people? Yeah where is their identity?
1: Yeah. So personally, I strongly believe that, you know, identity is framed and shaped by words, the power of words. You know, we look at creation, God said, let there be light. There was light. So creation was formed, shaped by the power of words. We look at humankind, Adam, the first one, the Bible says, let us create man in our own image. And then Adam came to be so you see that creation formed by words shaped by words you see a man shaped by words then you see Eve in the garden who had her identity and I guess her position stripped away because she brought into the lie of the enemy and that was through words so she yeah. lost her identity her place because of what and so today our young people are It's through words that their identity is being formed and shaped. Mm -hmm. And these words are found on social media. Uh, There are also words in the form of images as well. And that is the lens through which their identity is being shaped and unfortunately what is on social media what is on some of these games and these other distractions really is negative yeah and so here you find you know you look at the statistics of young people teenagers and the mental health challenges and all of that ever increasing ever increasing because that identity without them realizing is
0: being shaped and formed through the words and the visuals that they are seeing and those words are external, but then that starts their internal words. Absolutely. And so, it's this perfect storm that mm. young people, and I have to say older people as well, yeah, unfortunately feeling like, I'm not good enough or I'm not complete unless I have a boyfriend and girlfriend mm. or married or not. Yeah. You know, like the biggest job. And yeah. It flows on. It's not just young people, but in your world. So, what are young people saying to you when it comes to identity? Yeah, well, a lot of them,
1: I think, are walking through life without a strong sense of identity, you know, and identity is really the foundation. You know, uh, John Maxwell calls it the lid in life, you know, Um, you you either rise above that lid, that ceiling based on the strength of your identity. And unfortunately, young people, a lot of them are very innocent. They're really not aware of... Of the impact that this Mm. is, you know, making in other areas of their life. So, for example, a young person's behaviour—I'll use myself as an example—being part of a gang and doing things with the mindset of "I don't care" comes from an bravado. Yeah, comes from a false sense of identity. Whether it's gang member or whether it's just, I don't know what my future is, you know? And so, a lot of the behaviors that we are seeing actually comes from that place. So, back to your question, a lot of people, they're asking, what is my identity? And it really doesn't help that now there's all this gender stuff that's been thrown into the mix. So, now kids these days, unlike you and I, Brett, growing up, Mm You know, they have to navigate through a whole stack of different thoughts and information that's coming at them. And to be honest with you, it comes to a place
0: of confusion. Yeah, they are are more and more confused. And so, with the royal hood, this mentoring program that you've created, Mm. you're instilling them about what God thinks about them, their real identity. That's right. Yeah, their spiritual identity.
1: Um, and that's what we've seen to make a difference. Um, you know, the same way I was able to discover those words, chosen, royal, you know, is the same way that when these boys discover those words and believe those words, you almost see them in a different light. Yeah. You know, there's a new joy about them. Mm -hmm. There's a new spring in their step. Why? Because they're now realizing that, hey, I am more than what I've been told or, you know, the words at school, or I'm more than the result on my test that wasn't so great. You know, it's coming back to that
0: spiritual DNA, which nothing physical can yeah. take away from. So, if you're a parent listening to this right now and you're mm-hmm. saying, I want to help my son or, or my daughter, for that matter, to have yeah. that God-honoring identity, what would you be saying to them?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great question. I think a lot of it comes from, you know, as parents being the model, yeah. you know, being the model. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one: life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so, this is an opportunity for every parent, you know, really to, to do a vocabulary check on the words that they're speaking over themselves, but also over their kids. Yeah. Um, You know, it's one thing for us to tell kids, hey, you're going to do amazing, you're going to do great, but when the kids hear us saying words they see more than what they hear and so I believe that every parent you know through the power of words can really model that to Mm, their kids mm. themselves which I mean makes a difference in their own life but they can also then extend that to their kids I think something practical as well depending on how old your kid is is really to go through have a little fun Bible exercise where you try and find words in the Bible that speak about identity. Um, And once again, you know, whether it's age appropriate, you know, whether it's on sticky notes that you can write them on, have them in the kids' bedroom, um, just something fun as well, where you also give them a part of the responsibility of, hey, find some of these words and let's come together, let's talk about what they
0: mean. And then we can go from there. Yeah, I mean, that's so simple. But I mean, I remember when our boys were growing up, we used to write you know, notes on their yeah. mirror. Yeah. You know, uh, left stains, by the way. So, <laughs> but, but that's for another time. But yeah. we used to write those little words mm. on their mirror or, yeah. or, or in their lunchbox or something mm. like that just to affirm what we thought about them. But yeah. we also about what God thought about them. Yeah. And that's that constant reminder. Yeah. And making it so God is not just there on a Sunday. Yeah. God is there 24 7. Yeah. To incorporate Him in our everyday language. Mm. Well, that's so good and so simple. Mm. You mentioned before about the confusing of the gender wars and the culture in general. Mm. You know, parents will say, well, it's the culture, the culture. These are the issues that I'm hearing. Yeah. And I want to help my child navigate that. But then there's also the children are saying, this is the culture. This is what I'm saying. And so there's a disconnect of what parents are thinking mm. and then what are the teens thinking. So can you help us unpack that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So I think, obviously, there is a generation gap. Um, there are some words or some even you know websites or whatever that a parent may not even be aware of that for the kids, the, this is culture. Yeah. There are some songs, for example. you know. And so I know,
0: I know, for example, you, Brett, you probably love your U2. Is it U2 that you – Oh, I, I do know you too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that was a band that I grew up with. Yeah. yeah. You're, trying to, you're trying to date me, aren't you? Is that what you're <laughs> trying to say? Trying to, trying to get me into a, a little zone. But yes, that was part of my growing up. Yep.
1: Yeah. And so the music of today, um, but back to your question, I think the the difference is really a lot of it has to do with intentional time an intentional time that involves doing something that these kids enjoy doing. Yeah. Because this is where I've seen that kids are more likely to open up. Yeah. And it's a space where now as parents we have, I guess, an entry point not to condemn, not to say you shouldn't do this, but really to understand yeah. why they like this kind of music or why yeah. this is the thing they do.
0: I reckon we should come back to that after this little break. Yeah. We're speaking with Eric Agerman, our guest today, and you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan, and we're speaking to Eric Agerman. He's the founder, along with his wife, of the Royal Hood, a mentoring program for teens. We spoke before the break about the culture wars and the differences between the generations, between mums and dads and, and their kids, and so... There's some alignment, but there's also the way that we communicate those things, and we talked about understanding how our kids think and how they tick, mm-hmm. um, and understanding that the music they like and it's maybe not the music that we grew up with. But yeah. There's a disconnect, but we have to engage with them. We have to understand yeah. from their point of view. So, unpack that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the music you know that they're listened to is just. I guess, pop culture. It's trends that they're following. And there's very little, I guess, understanding behind some of these words and the impact of these words for young people. I'll give an example. I used to listen to a lot of Tupac in my high school days. And that, (laughs) I didn't realize at the time, was really influencing the words that came out of my mouth. So I I used to have a lot of swear words. Because I thought that was normal. Yep. Why? Because That's the, the music, the culture, the music. And so a lot of the behaviors, a lot of the words that are being thrown around by young people, this is what is being shared in music. However, they don't really realize that behind the music, this is why this is causing this. And so yeah. this is the opportunity for the parents to really, you know, through their own vulnerable stories you know, of experiences, of sharing, hey, you know, when I was your age, this was what I used to do. And I actually didn't realize that this was how it impacted, you know. And so at school, they're all just going in one direction with no meaning, (laughs) you know, but as a parent, you can actually help guide them in the direction they go, but this time with meaning.
0: It's the why behind what they do. So, what you're also alluding to, I guess, is you're not continually saying no, no, no yeah. without the why mm-hmm. and explaining them and bringing them along on the journey. That's right. Sometimes you have to say a few yeses for them to discover for themselves, yeah, for them to be more discerning and to own their decisions of that's why. That's correct. Like, yeah. for example, swearing or, yeah. or drugs or alcohol. And, yeah. you know, we can always say, you're never going to do those things again. But yeah. unfortunately, you know, that's like a red flag to a bull. <laughs> yeah. Then, I can't help it. I'm so, you know, I need to go towards it. Yeah. So, we as parents need to help our kids make some wise choices. Yeah. And it's not just about all the bad things. Mm. I'd like to just go a little bit deeper in the area of the spiritual side of things. Mm. You know, a lot of people, we're seeing, unfortunately, churches are losing a lot of young people. Yeah. Yeah either the church has not become relevant for them or they don't understand or they don't see that God is really genuinely interested mm. in them as, a, as an individual. Yeah. What are you seeing when you're in the mentoring program that mm. you're know, introducing God in a different format? Mm. And what are they discovering about God?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's an interesting space because young people are hungry. They're hungry for, if I can put it this way, the supernatural. And it's evident in how many people throng to movies, certain movies, you know, Uh, whether it's your Harry Potters or whether it's your Marvel movies, the element of the supernatural is something that fascinates people of all ages, but young people. Netflix, I know this from personal friendships that a lot of young people love Netflix series like Stranger Things. There is a lot of supernatural themes in that. Yeah. However, it's dark supernatural themes. Yeah. So there is a hunger for, oh wow, what's that? My goodness. Like there is a hunger for it. And I think this is a great opportunity for the church to really go deep in their in terms of our level of spirituality, in terms of the supernatural, you know, because I think at times, because we want to engage, we want to be relatable, it almost feels a little bit like the only supernatural that the kids may feel they're receiving actually might be through a Netflix series like Stranger Things. And so I guess what my point is, if we can really go after the spiritual pillars that has kept the church up until now. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about Holy Spirit. You know, not being ashamed of, of those elements and really creating a space and the, a why behind it as well. Yeah. Uh, for example, let, let me share this with you. Uh, there's a rapper who recently came down from America, uh, had a concert, and one of uh, one of the boys that I know of went to this concert with his dad. This kid at church at youth always hands in his pocket during worship. Yep. Always, right? However, the feedback from the dad was, man, I've never seen my son raise his hands like that and swear. <laughs> but I've never seen my son so engaged. See, we all thought that kid was an introvert yeah. by how he conducts himself at church. But here he is at this hip-hop event. And so it's this idea of we need to help our young people understand why we worship, Yeah. why we raise our hands in worship, because without realizing them raising their hands at this hip hop concert with swear words and all of these, that's a type of worship too. Mm. And so, what we can do is really, once again, go deep into the spiritual pillar
0: of worship, but help them understand the why behind. Yeah. Some would say that you know it may not be hip hop, but a sporting event, you know, yeah. whether it's rugby or yeah. whether it's AFL. You know, there's there's that aspect that we can get really excited about something mm. that doesn't really have meaning, mm. but we don't have that same enthusiasm or excitement and yeah. genuine joy mm. when we come together as church. So you're giving that to even to the young people, just to have a, a paradigm thinking about who God is yeah. and to be excited about that. So tell us a little bit of a, maybe a story about a young man who may have looked like, you know, came kicking and screaming to come to your mentoring program <laughs> and then <laughs> came through the other side. Yeah, well, I think there's one boy that I can think of, and
1: uh, for him, it was, it was struggles with his dad. Um, you know, struggles to the point where it's it's physical, um, and so for him, it was a mindset of, I hate my dad. It was a mindset of I don't care, and so throughout the program, what we began to see was that mindset begin to shift to become now, how do I honor my dad? You know how do I respond to my dad in the moments that I don't agree with him? You know the honor and the whole respect perspective, and so throughout the program, we saw the relationship with the dad begin to become strengthened. Yeah. But my favorite part of that story is not what's just happened within the now, but it's now the mindset that he now has for his future. Yeah. And the respect and honor he has when it comes to family. Because if young people today can understand the importance and the value of family, Mm. then those young people that will become leaders and husbands and fathers in our homes and society tomorrow, then they will place a much higher value.
0: Mm. That's so good. Yeah. So, you saw this guy, Mm. this young man, go from, I hate my dad. Yeah. To, and if I remember correctly, and I think I've seen pictures. Yeah. At the graduation, yeah. embrace his dad. Yes, that's correct. I mean, tears yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. can imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, along the way, we thought this was just mentoring young people, but we really realised that what we're doing is we partner with parents yeah. uh, to really restore and bring joy in the home again, to help young people, uh, you know, bring honour into the home.
0: I think it's really important for parents to hear that it is that partnership Mm. to bring the parents along. And we know we talk about the African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. To have other people saying the same thing as you as a parent might say and uh, to bring the combination of mum and dad are doing the best they can. Mm. But there may be a disconnect for a period of time. But you can maintain that relationship then they can come through the other side. You're sort of that gap, you know, to try and help young people and for young ladies, along with your beautiful wife, to help young people have not only respect and honour for their parents, but a respect and reverence for God.
1: That's right. Yeah, and, you know, parents – today are, are doing an incredible job and it's a high calling and sometimes it can be very overwhelming with responsibilities. I mean, inflation is going through the roof right now. So, yeah. you know, from a financial level of providing for families, you know, there's intense strain on that. Um, but then when you think about it, you know, a parent at most times has to be, you know, a parent, a coach, a mentor, you know, the one that the accountability partner. And sometimes those different spaces can really bring tension yeah. between their relationship with their kids and that's I think where we come along where we say hey we can partner with you we can do the mentoring part we can do the accountability yeah. and we've actually seen that one family where uh son and dad used to argue over the time that the kid brings his phone at night time to dad and uh, just the whole relationship just went downhill because of that one thing whereas I was able to come in and I was the one now keeping him accountable so dad no longer has to raise his voice the son no longer feels like my dad's nagging me but rather the son has a guy called Eric who is constantly on his back (laughs) but because I'm not the father yeah the response and everything works and that way as well it just helps that father and son relationship be able to go on and have joy and just take that tension out that is so good
0: I think we need to get you to come back uh, (laughs) to talk a little bit more about that and what what you're doing not only in churches and in the mentoring program but also in state schools so Mm. we want to have you back awesome love to be back our guest today was Eric Agerman, author, youth speaker, mentor, and founder of the Royal Hood. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about his ministry, go to royalhood.com. We hope this program has encouraged you in your journey as a parent or carer, and the importance of having others connecting with your teens. If you'd like Eric to come and share in your community, please contact us at families.org.au. On behalf of the team, I'm Brett Ryan. We invite you to join us for part two of our conversation with Focus on the Family.